I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome in, family. Another huge NFL show today. But first thing we got to talk about, the Chiefs. God, dog, y'all realize they are underdogs at home for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career? The disrespect. But Devontae Adams, speaking of disrespect, he's been charged with assault. We got to get into that. We got to. And Draymond Green, he assaulted Jordan Poole. Are we okay with how the Warriors are handling the situation? So much to unpack. That's Dave Hellman, NFL insider, one of the brightest minds in the game. That's Joy Taylor, one of the brightest outfits in the game. That's LaShawn McCoy. Play 2-5. 2-5. Eagles all-time rushing leader. Uh, there we go. And he got the suit to match. You're not going to like what I'm about to say, though, but you will. I got to tell you all something that I realized yesterday. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parsons, led by their phenomenal defense. When I say phenomenal, I mean phenomenal. They are literally top three in just about every statistic that you need to care about. I'm talking points. I'm talking scoring. I'm talking red zone. All of it. If the Cowboys are that good with this defense, then how good can they be in total? Think about this for a second. Regardless of where you have the Cowboys, let's just put them fourth right now in the NFC. Let's say that there are three teams better than them. Let's say you got the Niners, you got the Bucks, you got the Eagles. Just assume the Cowboys are the fourth best team in the NFC. There's a marginal difference between Dallas and Philly. It's marginal, but there's a maximal player that's returning. You see, Dak Prescott, he coming back. This man, Cooper Rush, is playing well, but the difference between Dak and Cooper, it's maximal. Mm. The difference between the best team in the NFC and the Dallas Cowboys, it's marginal. I'm no mathematician, but I know this much. If Dak Prescott is who we believe him to be, then the Dallas Cowboys have the highest ceiling in the NFC because there's not a wide gap between them and first. And if there is a gap, Dak Prescott should be able to cover for it the way I see it. Joy, do the Dallas Cowboys have the highest ceiling in the NFC. No, they have the highest floor. Mm. They have the okay. highest floor. Okay, talk that talk then, Joy Taylor. Okay. Okay. And the talk defense, that educational talk. And the defense Doc. gives them that. <laughs> Thank okay. You. Thank you. Dr. Joy Taylor. <laughs> uh, the defense gives them that floor because the defense is elite. So when we're looking at the other teams around the league, I, I see you, you left the Vikings out. Uh, the, I was wondering uh, that, but okay. I'll let one, two, three, four. Vikings not there. They have the highest floor because of the defense. The defense is elite. But if you're asking me to compare them to some of the other top teams in the NFC, I feel like other, those other teams have higher ceilings okay. because I've seen them reach those ceilings. I like that. I'm very happy to arrive late to the Cowboys bandwagon party. I will probably be the last one there. You'll be pulling off. I'll probably have to run down the street and grab a corner of the car and climb on. I'm fine with that because I've been early. I you said you don't run anymore. 
Right, so you don't get, don't get too far because it's more it's more like it's more of a trot. It's like that grandma run where she's right. like trying to catch something that fell. It, it ain't nothing spectacular anymore. The point is, I'm not going to be there. I will be late because I've seen this before, and that's sort of my question with the Cowboys: is we've seen them be great in the regular season, we've seen them have these runs, but what do they do in the postseason? And it's too early to tell. Mm. But what we haven't seen from the Dallas Cowboys is something that is extremely elite, and that's what the defense is, which is their floor. I think that's brilliant. I like what she said there. Caught me off guard, but I like it because essentially what's being said is the Cowboys' worst is better than other teams' worst, and I think that's very true. 2-5, break it down for me, though. Do the Cowboys have the highest ceiling, their potential in the NFC? No, 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 no. It's the Philadelphia Eagles, ladies and gentlemen. The Philadelphia Eagles. And this is the reason why. First of all, it's still a new team, right? Mm -hmm. Devontae Smith, it's his second year? Yes, sir. First year, he was trying to find his way. You was a rookie before. Yeah. From your rookie year to your second year, it was way, way better. Difference. From your second year to your third year, way different. Yes, sir. We add A.J. Brown. Talk right? about it. New to the scheme, new to the system. Imagine when we all get incorporated and we know exactly what's going on, right, on offense. I know what type of balls that I'm going to get from Jalen Hurts, the good and the bad. You start to know the play call. Same with the coaches. Look on the defense. Bradbury, new to the scheme. Mm-hmm. Still balling, new to the scheme. And then Jordan Davis, a guy that's shutting down the run game. New to the scheme. Mm-hmm. Imagine we're all playing together and we know each other. Sure. If you thought that front was scary now, wait till, I don't know, week 10, week 12. They're going to be dangerous. But you're talking about players getting better. The Cowboys Getting comfortable. Getting comfortable. Getting comfortable. We five and oh, we're not even comfortable sure. yet. Okay. The Cowboys are talking about players coming back. Like, oh, who's coming? Dak? Yes. The cow- the ca- <laughs> yes. Forget that. We got to deliver. The Cowboys are, guy. The Cowboys are going to return a Hall of Famer at the second most important position in oh. football. Tyron Smith. Oh, he's I respect him. And they're going to return <laughs> a top 50 NFL player at the most important position in football. In Dak Prescott. Top what? Top 50. Voted by, by voted by your peers. NFL by players. NFL players. So, Dave, I'm going to come to you. In light of that, do the Cowboys, in fact, got the highest ceiling? I don't, I don't want to say yes. Just be like, again, cowboy juice, it tastes great, right? I try to avoid it, especially after what happened last year. But if that's the question you're presenting me, the answer, I think, is yes. Just because we have seen, I don't want to say complete, because, Shady, you're right. Like, teams get better as the season Normally goes along. Normally I am. Along. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate that. Thank you, brother. Teams get better as the season goes along, typically. At least the good ones do. But we have seen Philly, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, like, we have seen them with the personnel that they're going to have. I know Tampa's had guys in and out of the lineup, but, for you know, they've had Mike Evans for games. They've had Chris Godwin for games. Like, they're not waiting on somebody like Dak Prescott. (coughs) Neither are the Eagles. Like, the Eagles are as complete as they're going to get in terms of their roster. And, by the way, they've played games – Maybe not played the best games they're going to yeah, play. Yeah, of course not. No, but, but they've played some like, weak opposition. We can admit that, right? I mean, they've got wins against Detroit <laughs> and Washington. I mean, that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, sure. Well, no, you're right. Well, oh, okay. Do they, have a, do they have a win as strong as some of the opponents the Cowboys have played? I guess the Vikings. Not to me. The Vikings are? The Vikings. Yes, the Vikings. She talked about it earlier. The problem, the reason, and let's stop down they're here. No, they were number two in the NFC. Is this the Come game on. we all watched together? Was that the Monday yes, night it game? Was. Yeah. The yeah. reason, again, sorry, Vikings fans. The reasons I can't respect the Vikings as it stands right now because that effort was so pathetic. Oh my Don't gosh. roll your eyes. You were there. You're right next to me watching the games, taking my blanket. Have a bad because game. that effort was so pathetic and the effort, the energy was so pathetic. I haven't yet put the Vikings in that conversation. Okay, but so that goes against the Eagles. But we're not going to hold the game against the Cowboys against that they actually lost against them. 
the so, Cowboys Bucks game? Yeah. The, the, the difference for me was this. Kirk Cousins seemed like he was trying to lose the game. Okay, <laughs> like, but we know oh Kirk, but, but, but we know Kirk wasn't actually oh trying to lose. Let me let me answer the question more directly because I think I can. And Ooh, I will okay. say for the 100th time on they this know? show, they, the Cowboys played so poorly against the Bucks. They played poorly enough that I gave up on them after yes. one game. Dak was the quarterback. Here was the difference. Dak was the quarterback. Okay. Here was the difference. You got Tyler Smith starting his first ever game in place of Tyron Smith. Yeah. You got an offense that didn't have Michael Gallup. And you lost Dak Prescott during that game. I get that he played bad. You're allowed to have one bad game. They have since gotten Michael Gallup back. Tyler Smith and the offensive line have begun to better. gel and played mm-hmm. a lot better. Very true. And you are going to get back a top 50 player, a player who has played at an insanely high level at times in his career. We got to see. We got to see if Dak is going to play that well when he comes back. It's the injuries to his throwing hand. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can underestimate that. So that's why I'm a little bit reluctant but if you get the Dak from weeks one through seven of last year back. We're going way back to last year. That's can a we, calendar we, year ago. Wait, wait, that's can, not that long ago. Was, can we go back to the Dak we've recently seen? Was no so, touchdowns, so, one interception, 130 yards, and three points and a loss. So we, franchise we quarterbacks don't get aberration games. We I'm just saying, man. No, I'm going to make a T-shirt. Let me interject with this. Please do. This was a real thought that put me over the edge, Joy, to say that the Cowboys um, are the most dangerous or have the highest ceiling in the NFC. The Cowboys' biggest weakness, which we all agreed on yesterday, was at the wide receiver position. Like, relatively speaking, yep. we wanted to say it was offensive line, but Terrence Steele is a top 15 right tackle right now, as the grade suggests. They're playing well. Uh, Tyler Smith is playing really well, like playing you well. said. Yeah. Running backs playing well. Dalton Schultz playing well enough through injury. If the weakest position for the Dallas Cowboys is led by a receiver who averages 1,000 yards over the last two years, I'll take that. Like, I really sat down and thought about it, and then as much as we laugh at CeeDee Lamb and all the things, if the Cowboys' biggest weakness is a first-round pick wide receiver who had 935 yards his rookie year and 1,100 yards his second year, that's when I'm like, when I look at the Packers' biggest weakness, it's a receiver who's never had more than 500 yards. If I look at the uh, Buccaneers' biggest weakness, it's at the offensive line. They're doing the second and third string thing. What am I doing? (laughs) You're doing it again. What am I doing? You're telling me all about numbers. Because when me and you together watch the games, right, and we watch CeeDee Lamb, yep. Are you, saying, are you saying the same stuff, or what are you saying to me? He's not like that. He's not like that. But oh, oh, oh. so ahead. you're saying he's not like that yes, sir. when we're together one-on-one watching the game with yes, our sir. eyeballs. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, America, we got to stop always looking at the stats. The stats can lie to you. Sure. But your eyeballs don't. They don't. When well, you drop open passes, right? Yeah. More than once. Sure. I can't put him in this category. Well, well if we have him, if we have, no, we have a guy that's supposed to be a number one. That's not the number one. The, the old number one is getting busy right now in Cleveland. Correct. True. And he's not. Correct. So when you play against the Eagles, right, and we got cornerbacks on both sides. Yes. It's going to be lights out, well, baby. Here, here's what I'm saying, Joy. It's everybody got a weakness. Everybody do, except you could argue the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles' weakness right now is what's Jalen Hurts going to do when it counts? We haven't seen that. That's their only weakness. Their weakness is a question mark. Everybody has a weakness in the NFC. The 49ers, at quarterback. The Vikings, at quarterback. The, the Buccaneers, at offensive line. The Packers, at wide receiver. Cowboys. The Cowboys, at wide receiver. Quarterback sometimes. So I'm saying of all the, the weaknesses, if you got to pick one, the Cowboys' weakness isn't all that weak. But we weren't 
worried about C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb had bigger numbers than Amari Cooper and not as That's the right. number one receiver yeah. last year. We were wondering if he was going to step up more the into guy. the, mm-hmm. into She's the right, yeah. number one receiver role. But we already knew he could put up numbers. That mm-hmm. wasn't the question. C.D. Lamb wasn't a question for me. It was the rest of the wide receiving core. We're concerned about teams like the Chiefs. Mm. They still have other wide receivers. Mm. We were talking about the depth of the wide receiving core, not C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. So if you can take, if you can neutralize C.D. Lamb, can the rest of the wide Noah receiving Brown. core? Can Noah Brown? Can Noah Brown beat but, us? But here's the thing. Because so unless got- you've changed your opinion about the rest of the guys there. I want Dave to chime in on this. Michael Gallup is an 1,100-yard receiver. put some respect MBA, on Michael Gallup. Like MBA, yeah. he, well, he's, he's an 1,100-yard receiver. He's just coming back. No, I know, I know, and that's fair. But the thing that gave me and, – and wide receiver is still definitely a question mark for the Cowboys. Absolutely. But the thing that gave me so much pause is that they were comfortable going into the season without him. And he is still coming back, but he is back now – and hopefully a good thing for the Cowboys is that he's getting a chance to play one, two, three, maybe even four games before Dak gets back. You would like to think he will be acclimated and ready to be himself. He did. He had a bad drop against the Rams. He also made one of the catches Phenomenal of the season. Kind of got glossed over in, in a defensive game. But that catch was absolutely incredible. So it is a so weak was the drop. That was amazing. I, I feel a lot better about the receiver core with Gallup healthy, helping CeeDee Lamb. You're seeing Noah Brown do some things. It's still... It's not as good as it could be if the Cowboys hadn't decided that they didn't need Amari Cooper, which I will <laughs> never let go of. But it looks a lot better here in October than it did on Labor Day. Joy, let me go to this. Let me go to you for this final thought. I fervently believe that Dak Prescott is good enough to make up the small gap between the Cowboys and everybody else. The Cowboys' defense keeps them close enough to everybody else. I believe Dak Prescott is good enough to make up the small gap between the Dallas Cowboys, the Niners, the Bucks. If there's a gap between the Cowboys and the, the, the Packers, the Cowboys and the Eagles, I think Dak's good enough to make up that gap. Do you? If he is healthy, but it, how healthy is he going to look? We keep talking about Dak like he has some regular old injury. Right. It's kind of an important injury. He has an injury to his hand that he uses to throw the football. So if he's healthy, sure, we've seen Dak put up numbers. We've seen Dak have success in the regular season and one day of success in the postseason. So, sure, but, but yeah, but that's what, I'm, that's what my question is. The question is, how high is the ceiling? What's the ceiling for the Cowboys? What is success for the Cowboys? To me, I've got to see it in the postseason before I believe anything because this is what we're watching right now. I have seen before, and if Dak comes back and makes it a little bit better, I've also seen that before. Mm, I ain't seen this yet, Cowboys. At least I'm going to act like I haven't because I have a little bit of faith. A little bit. Don't wow. let me down. Coming up, the Chiefs are at home against the Bills. But they're underdogs? Mm. Never in Patrick Mahomes' history has he been so disrespected. We're going to dress next. Patty Mahomes. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's all love, family. Welcome back. Good to see you. Good to have you. Let's check in on our social life. 
Dolphins players, they decided to take the ping pong tables out of the locker room in hopes of increasing game prep done by players. The Dolphins have lost two of their last three. Not mistaken. 2-5, how you feel about that, big dog? I, I, I don't like it, right? I, I really don't like it because, I mean, like, you need some time to, to relax. Think about it. You want to practice, you're, you're practicing for three hours a day, Please. right? And then you have what? When you leave for practice, you go to film study. Yep. That's another like three hours. Go to weights. Then you have weightlifting. So it's like, yeah, so much football, all that time. You need some time to, to sit back and relax, play a little ping pong. You can't relax at the crib, though? We didn't have ping pong tables in Philly. No, we had, we, well, we, well, I can't say we used to do in the back, but we play cards. We play cards in the back. I've, I've seen, this, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, I've seen the benefit of things like this in a locker room. I've, for, for a guy that never played in the NFL, I've spent way too much time in NFL locker rooms. You know how often I see guys watch tape in the locker room? Not, never, not once. Like, not even the quarterback. You know what they do? They hang out, bond, yeah. play ping yeah. pong at, at the, cow, at the Cowboys facility. They play trash can basketball. Like, that's their thing. But like, the whole locker room gets into it. They love it. Like, you're doing yourself a disservice because they're not going to be watching tape in the locker bonding, room anyway. What are we doing time. here? Yeah, the Dolphins' problem is not ping pong tables. It's it's getting to a back at quarterback. But here's what I like, though. The Good players luck. decided this. Like, it wasn't like Mike McDaniel was like, hey, get rid of it. It's it, From what I've heard and from what I've read, Tyree Kill, amongst others, was like, hey, we don't need a ping pong table. I'm done with it. That's why if it was a coaching oh, thing. But probably, like probably like four or five players. Like but that's all that matters. In Kansas City, they're a really, really good team. We would play basketball. They have a basketball court. Tyreek Hill was dunking, laying it up. dunked on? No, I don't know. No, never. Never. I'm good at everything I do. Everything. You can't dunk, though, because you're 5'10". I can dunk? You can't. I've never seen a 5'10 person play the play I'm six dunk. foot. You're not six We're foot. bringing this to the air, huh? All right. God, man. You I hate love it. Me, man. All right, let's stay in the AFC. Two of the best teams in football will meet Sunday when the Bills face the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, he's three and once against Josh Allen and the Bills, including two wins in the playoffs. Now, both teams coming in. Four in one records. Bills on the road, but still favored by two and a half points, according to Fox Bet Sports Book. I'm not going to lie, two five. I smiled when I saw the uh, the Vegas spread. Come out. Yeah. I, I smiled because I was like, I know the Bills are better, and I'm glad to know I'm in line with Vegas. I'm not always in line with Vegas. A lot, a lot of lost a lot of money in Vegas in my time. But when I see that, I said, Yeah, they should be favored. This is how it should go. The Bills are the better team at literally every position except for tight end. The Chiefs are not better at any position. What, They're say? equal. What'd you say? They're he equal. Said, he said, said, he said what he said. Did you say what he said? Huh? At every uh-huh. position Ooh. except tight end. Okay. So now, they're better at quarterback? Let's get hot. Okay. Let, me, let me rephrase. Let okay. me rephrase. The Chiefs are not worse at any position except for tight end. There. You mean the Bills? Bills. Yeah, my yeah dog. I was like, like okay. My, my dog. Right. The Bills are not worse at any position except for tight end. Quarterback, equal. Wide receiver, Woo. Bills. Running game, Bills. Offensive line, Bills. Defensive line, Bills. Bills. Defensive backs, Bills. Bills. The Bills are Saints, better in the running Bills. game? Yeah, because they're both terrible in the running game. They're both terrible. The Chiefs have not been bad in the I think the Chiefs have a little better in the running game. The last couple weeks, the their second leading rusher was Patrick Mahomes last week. I'm just not intimidated. Patrick Mahomes is their second leading rusher, 28 yards, and Jerry McKinnon is your leading rusher, 53 yards. But let me go to you, leading rusher on the show. Um, are the Chiefs being disrespected? By the way, that was a nice little bars. I'm gonna say no. I don't feel disrespected. I think that the Bills collectively are a better team, a better unit. Although I think at home, the Chiefs can get a win. They, they can win that game. Can I just think that when, when you look at the lines and the spreads and who's everybody's favorite, let's think about it for a second. The NFL, they, they, or not the NFL, but Vegas. Mm-hmm. Vegas is probably always right, majority of the time. 
They have they have Josh Allen picked to be the MVP yes, sir, they of do. the league. They have the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Talk about it. So they are their favorite. So I, I get it. I understand it. Now, I do think that Patrick Mahomes and, and uh, Andy Reid, they can win that game. Of course. But if you look at disrespect, I don't think it's disrespect. No disrespect. Joy, where you at? <laughs> Bills. Get them, Doc. Bills. Uh, yeah, they're definitely being disrespected. And if, if nothing else, I think the Kansas City fans are being disrespected. Mm. i give you that. Interesting. i give you that. It's a good okay. take. Kingdom. Casey, it's a good take. I would make it a little extra spicy this weekend for the Bills if I was a Kansas City fan. You saw what happened with that bad call. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were relentless off of that call with Chris Jones. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, aside from Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and the running game and the wide receivers and the offensive line and the defensive line and the kickers and everybody being disrespected, I would say Kansas City fans and that home field advantage is being disrespected. Mm-hmm. We all know the Bills are a great team. This is a great matchup. This is going to be a, a game, a must-watch game. Everyone wants to see, sure. you know, this is going to be a constant measuring contest for the rest of their careers, one that Patrick Mahomes is winning in every single category, but that's not here nor there. This is a big matchup, but for Kansas City to be a dog at home mm. after that win, like, let's not react too much it. to the Bills wiping the Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny's <laughs> first, <laughs> first start with their defense <laughs> messed up. No, I'm not, I'm not doing all that. In fact, I'm, I, feel very, I feel very confident that the Chiefs are going to cover that spread. Very confident. I took, do I they mean, win? I, they, I, might, do they I win? might hop on that with you, in all honesty. Like, no, do I do – I, Dave Hellman think the Chiefs are being disrespected. No. But what matters is if the Chiefs do. Because, yeah. like, this is, this, is, this is something in sports that always – it drives me crazy as a journalist. Is like teams will find any angle they can to feel disrespected. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the Alabama Crimson Tide, after, like, every big game – Nick Saban will be like, well, you know, nobody believed in us. I'm like, my guy, that is not true. No, the Patriots are the best. The Patriots do it all the time. It's like no one believed it. I'm like, you rack up titles year after year. I promise you. I promise you we believe in you. But guess what? If it works, then it's not crazy. If the Chiefs feel disrespected, good for them because it'll help them. If it gives them even the littlest bit of an edge, good for them. No, I don't think they're being disrespected. The Bills are the they were the like Odds on favor to win the Super Bowl before the year. I think mm. three of the four people on this show picked yes, them to win the Super sir, Bowl, yes, sir. if I'm not wrong. So, yes, sir. Which, no. I mean, I, I, I picked the Chiefs, so I'm going to ride with the Chiefs. <laughs> but, no, I, it, it's not disrespectful to think that what most people see as the best team in the league yeah. is a slight favorite. No. Josh Allen, beast. All eyes are on him. All eyes are obviously on Patrick Mahomes. But Josh Allen, he does not have Patrick Mahomes' number. Mahomes got him in three out of the last four games, including the playoffs last year. So let's talk about what's at stake for Allen, what he has to prove. He got to get himself a dub, obviously. Like, you got to win. But truth be told, and I can't wait to hear what y'all have to say about this, I don't think Josh Allen has anything to prove on Sunday. Mm. Reason being 2-5, well, Josh Allen got to beat Patrick Mahomes. For all intents and purposes, my dog did everything he could to in the playoffs. Okay, well, everything he could, Acho, that doesn't count. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Regular season, 13 seconds. Hey, defense, 13 seconds. We got a lead. Don't blow it. Defense blows it. Overtime, Josh Allen never touched the ball. That's true. Patrick Mahomes wins. So I can't sit here and say, well, Josh Allen has never beat Patrick Mahomes. He waxed the floor with them 38-20 to last year, week five. So I don't even think that Josh Allen has to prove that he can beat Patrick Mahomes because he literally did last year in the regular season and he figuratively did last year in the playoffs. Where do you stand? What's Allen got to prove? I I disagree with you. He has a lot to prove. I think Josh Allen has a lot to prove this game. First of all, it's a respect thing. So we get competitors. 
Josh Allen's a, I played with him, he's a competitor, and so is Patrick Mahomes. When you when you argue quarterbacks, it's either championships and wins. Mm-hmm. Every time Brady plays, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Brady and, uh, and uh, Rogers play, they bring up the 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 one on one head matchups. Yep. That's what you do. So they're both young quarterbacks. They're going to be going for a long time at each other. He needs a win because first of all, everybody wants to give that torch and that crown to Josh Allen, but you can't do it unless you beat him. That's real. You, you didn't beat him yet. So. And before you get a championship, before you beat him, you gotta earn that respect. And respect is beating him on Sunday. And then when we get to the the the, the you know the championship, again. yeah, gotta beat him again. Where you at, George Taylor? I don't need to have a figurative argument about Josh Allen. There are there probably aren't two peers that are more comparable in the league right now than Patrick Mahomes and Josh That's Allen. That's right. That's right. Mahomes has 68 starts. Josh Allen has 65 starts. Let's just measure their resumes, shall we? What do we have for Josh Allen, and what do we have for Patrick Mahomes? We all know. We already know. Super Bowl, another trip, MVP. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, what are we talking yeah. about here? Beating him 3-1 to one during the regular season matchups, 2-0 in the playoffs. We have these, these amazing things that we can use to measure things in sports. So we don't have to have figurative arguments. There are wins and losses, Super Bowls, MVPs, and statistics. Because when you play head-to-head matchups – what matters? Mm-hmm. Wins and losses. That's true. So you can say he outplayed or whatever. At the end of the day, you didn't do enough, and that dude is really like that because he only needs 13 seconds to win a game. And the rules are the rules. If you don't get to touch the ball in the overtime, you had a whole regular game to win it, and you didn't right. get it That's done. True. That's just how it goes. We can't be morphing the rules like, well, if they had, if they had it, maybe they wouldn't have. We will never know because that's not how the game is played. So to me, it's not, and it's no disrespect to Josh Allen, but he's not on Patrick Mahomes' level yet. He's not. You have to have the resume. He's got the hardware, and we can measure our careers almost simultaneously. We have almost the same amount of experience in the league, 68 to 65. You need those three extra games to get to the Super Bowl <laughs> and win an MVP? Yeah. Like, they, they are almost the most perfect Two individuals to measure against. It's, it, it's, it's almost remarkable that we have this conversation because he has so he's accomplished so much more. Shady, let me come back to you because you played with them too, and I think athletes have a different perspective um, from what we just heard. You know that Patrick Mahomes is like that. Patrick Mahomes is like that. You know that Josh Allen is like that. Josh is like that. You played with them both. You played in both organizations. Yeah. You know Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen went to completely different situations. They did. Do you think they're on different levels? Or do you look at them and you're like, because I know a month ago, a month and change ago, you said Josh Allen was better. Last week you said Patrick well, Mahomes was better. So clearly you fluctuated. No, no, no. I said that Josh was playing better. Okay. He's playing better. But if I had to pick a, a quarterback, you know, like, like Joey talked about, you got to go resume, right? Mm-hmm. So I would think that, that, you know, Patrick Mahomes' numbers is better, his resume is better, championship MVP, that counts. That matters, right? So if I had to pick one, it's right now it's Patrick Mahomes, right? But what I'll say this, are they on the same level? Yes, they are. One is better because of his resume. But they're on the same level. They're doing the same for the team. They're winning games. I mean, we watched Josh Allen. Like, he looked like he's that dude. We watched Patrick Mahomes. He looked, he looked like he's that dude. So, they both were them guys. They both have big arms. They're both accurate. Only thing about, I think, Josh Allen is Patrick Mahomes had a, a bigger advantage. One, you come into Andy Reid, yeah. right? I don't know too many. The ultimate advantage. I don't know too many quarterbacks that don't do well with Andy Reid. I mean, the point. you see what I'm saying? And then he, he waited a year to really learn. I believe that's big for a quarterback. They sit there and learn in the classroom and et cetera. Where Josh Allen had to go out there at the games and play. And then his quarterback, he had to watch. Because those are my teammates. I don't ever bash my teammates. But I didn't say his name. But anyway, it, it was bad to watch. <laughs> so, so when you say the 28 or 68 games, the 65 games, I get it. But some of them games was like, ah, where Pat had a clean slate to come in there so and do his thing. So is 
Josh Allen better because he has a better coach and better players around him now? He had a better beginning. Because Patrick better, Mahomes is yeah. better because he had a better coach and players around what him. What I'm saying yeah, is he had, he had, so he had a better – So if they're the better, same player – Let me answer your question real quick. Yes, he had a better coach and way more pieces around him when he became in the league, right? Right. When I was there, when I was there with, with uh, Josh, it was just me. I said, Sean McDermott, I said, listen, I had an argument. I said, look, you drafted this rookie quarterback, right? So we, we, are we rebuilding? We have no other players. You, you, you brought in Ken, um, um, Kenjamin, oh, no, not Kenjamin, Kel- um, Kel- Kel- Kelvin Benjamin. Benjamin as the number one receiver, and you let go Sammy Watkins. I'm like, what are we doing here? How are we going to win? Now, if you go to the Kansas City Chiefs, you know that roster. I don't even want to tell you. The, you know yeah. that officer. So that, that does play. I'm not play arguing that, it's not, that plays that it a factor. I'm not arguing that it doesn't. I'm just saying. Patrick Mahomes gets penalized how much? No, not penalized. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it matters, though. I would okay, say so like, then, like, when does, it, when does it then become even? Because so Even now. We have, we have, we have, now. The, we have the, the, the privilege or, like, the, I would the, say the advantage, right? That when, he started up here, Josh Allen started yes. back here. So when does Josh that, Allen catch up? It's even now. It's even now. It's even now. When Stephon okay. Diggs showed up, I think now it's fair ball game. Fair ball game. You got all pro wide receivers? You got all pro wide receivers. Especially because Hill left, yeah. Correct. Since Stephon Diggs showed up, Josh Allen, second in the MVP race to Aaron Rodgers. Josh Allen went and lost to the Chiefs by 13 seconds. Since he showed up, that's where I think it's parallel. Dave, take us home. Well, so here's that. Like, no offense. Like, this is all irrelevant to me, and it's why I don't. Why? Because it's why I do not envy Josh Allen. Because this almost doesn't matter. Because nothing Josh Allen does is going to matter until he gets over the hump in January. That's true. It's that's just true. true. If, they, true. if they win this game 42 to 17, yeah. what are we going to say? We're going to say, yeah. cool, you done it before. See you in January. Yeah. It'll yeah. probably be at Arrowhead. Yeah. And until he does that, it just straight up doesn't yeah. matter. The, I mean, his contract's going to get bigger. The cap hit gets bigger. It's going to be harder to keep this team together. The Bills are famous for being 0-4 in Super Bowls. This, more than, more than any other team in the league, this is like their year. Like the Bills are the type of team where you're gauging style points and how they win. You know what I mean? Like that's how you know you're good when it's like, well, you won, how but it was only by a seven. Win. Yeah. Right, right, right. This is their year. And if they don't do it, I do not want to be Josh Allen. They don't do it. Be I'm tough. jumping on Joy's side. Be tough. What? I'm, if, if they don't, if he don't, if they don't do yeah, it this year, I'm on your side. Is clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. The yeah. best thing Patrick Mahomes could have year. done, yeah. Yeah, get, like winning it early and getting it out, out of the way, way. It, like because we're never oh, going to question this so guy. I'm not saying it was easy, was Joy. Like, I'm, just, I'm not saying it was easy. I'm just saying like it's it's the best thing that can happen to your career is if you pull it off. Get it out of the way before you get expensive. Before the cap comes into play, that's not going to be the case for Josh Allen if he doesn't win it this year. And that like. They could win this game 100 to nothing, and I would still be like, wake me up in January. By the way, Bills fans, I picked Josh Allen to win the MVP, so just, you know, just keep your shirt on. <laughs> Don't, Don't jump through anything. Don't go through the tables. I'm just reading the Wikipedia. Fair. Coming up, Devontae Adams has been charged with misdemeanor assault. Oh, the best receiver in the football charged with misdemeanor assault. We got to talk about if it was the right decision after that incident on Monday. Don't go anywhere. If I push you, can I go to jail? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Let's check back in on our social life. One of the biggest receivers, the biggest names in all of sports, Odell Beckham, he chimed in yesterday about the Rams. 
LA knows where I wanted to be, but they didn't offer me anything. So I don't know what people want me to do. I definitely know my worth and what the offer was isn't reflective of that. So it's tough to say that I can come on back even though I thought I finally found that home. Mm. Yo, I was shocked, Joy, when I heard this. Like, shocked. I thought Odell Beckham, we all respected him as a person, love him as a player. Clearly, the Rams would see his value. He was the most integral part of that team offensively outside of Stafford and Cooper Cup. Yeah. But then I started thinking of that. Business is business is strictly financial. Business. And what it comes down to is, no matter how much they love you, Odell, they don't love you enough to pay you what you think you're worth because they're looking at those two ACL tears in roughly 18 months. Where you stand on it? Yeah, I mean, I thought he was going to be there for sure. If I was Odell, I would be trying to stay here. But if he still wants to make more money, which is obviously his prerogative to do, this is what he does for a living, we're all trying to make more money, then I totally understand him not taking the deal. There are some benefits to being in Los Angeles. So, you know, you have to weigh that when you're considering these kinds of things. But that means the offer must have really been not what he was trying to hear. I want to tell the Cowboys to call him, but if the Rams don't want to pay him what he's worth, I know the Cowboys aren't going to. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear what he's saying, right? And that's the player speaking. I've been there. Why not give him my money? But you have a, a second ACL injury going to be gone for a year, right? It's like, what are we going to pay you? What, what, what type of number are you going to pay you? Ninth-year veteran yeah, come with on. two then, ACL tears. Yeah, and he had a couple good games coming, you know, but – it's like as a business part of it, the NFL is a cutthroat business. Like, it are, is. are we kidding it me? Is. So I wasn't surprised when I heard the news because why would they pay you off the injury? I'm right there with you. Well, from one receiver to another, Devontae Adams been charged with misdemeanor assault. In case you missed Ooh. it, he shoved a credentialed photographer Baby after the loss on Monday night with the whole world watching. Now, according to court records, Adam was cited for an intentional overt act that inflicted, quote, bodily injury. Um, Shady, we've had several off-the-record conversations about this. Please keep, keep sticking, sipping your tea. Um, Dave, I want to come to you first. Are Yay. you okay with Devontae Adams being charged for the shove? I'm okay with it, but let me, yeah, let me, let me, let me. I knew that you was going to happen. You okay with it? I'm, I knew that was going to happen. Let oh, me, my God. Let me, speak my, let, me, let me speak my piece so that we can try to maintain a friendship, Shady. I am, I am okay with it. Fade. But here, here's, here's the thing, guys. Assault is a really scary word. If you look at it, it's misdemeanor assault. The charge is a $350, $250 to $1,000 fine or up to 180 jail, days in jail. If Devontae Adams serves an hour in jail, I will eat my shoe right here live <laughs> on TV. That is not going to happen. And if for some insane reason it does... I will completely walk back everything I'm saying right now. I got no problem admitting that. He's not going to go to jail, Shady. He did shove a guy who was doing his job at his place of work, place of work. unnecessarily. And before you come at me, no, like, yes, there are all kinds of people on the sideline. There's all kinds of people in your personal space. I've never seen this happen. And I promise you, this wasn't the first photographer that's gotten too close to a player. So that tells me that this could have been avoided. Do I really think he needs to be charged with misdemeanor assault? Not really. Okay. But I'm you. sure this guy has an end game, and this is part of that end game. It's, it's nasty business, but it is what it is. And this all could have been avoided if you don't put your hands on a guy who's just trying to do his job. So, yes, I'm okay with it. I'm not saying to throw the guy in jail, but I'm also but not going to sit here and act like it's the worst the thing in the world. 
Well, first of all, when I first got to this set with, with, with Speak, our first dinner, I realized that these guys are innocent. They never do nothing wrong. And me and Joe are the bad guys. So you do have a problem. You don't have a problem with him getting charged. Is that what you said? I just want to make it clear before I give you my thoughts. Sure. Have you ever been to jail? No. Okay. And neither is he. He's not going to go to jail. <laughs> I'll just say that. I've never been to jail either, but you say you've never been to jail? Devontae Adams is not going to go to jail. It's not going to happen. Listen, I'll say this. Was he wrong for pushing a guy? Yes. Dead wrong. Should he get charged, go to jail, get sued? Like, come on. Seriously, Dave, you're scaring me, brother. I, like I said, you're scaring man, me, brother. This, this is like. For, I won't even sit next to you. Better I don't or for, worse, for better or for worse, this is the world we live in. You put hands on somebody at work while they're trying to do your job, this is the type Joy, of stuff that can happen. Should Devontae Adams, are you okay with him being charged? No, no. This was a. Let, let me be very clear. He should not have put his hands on this guy. That's it right. was an avoidable situation. This isn't a rampant problem around the NFL, to your point. I've never even seen this before. I've seen players, you know, push a camera out of their face or something like that, which I actually don't have a problem with because if you're pushing a camera in my face, I might just swing and move it. But putting actual hands on a person that walks in front of you, you should not do this. You should not do it. It shouldn't have happened. That's why he apologized immediately and then apologized again on social media. It was a reactionary moment out of anger. Are there consequences to actions? Yes, absolutely. Sure. No, he might not go to jail. But him being charged with assault with the implication that he might go to jail for this, I feel is extreme. I don't believe he will go to jail either. But the fact that that's even on the table for this, this is this is my issue with it. And and. It's not particularly an, uh, an attacker directed at the guy who was pushed because he didn't ask for that. It's not like he antagonized the situation or intended for it. He wasn't watching where he was walking and Devontae was coming off the field. After a bad loss, he got pushed. <sighs> Devontae is, by all accounts, a good guy. Three times. Three times stand-up stand -up guy. guy. Right. You know what that means? It means Three the reporters vote, vote you a stand-up guy. You also answer questions. You're very cooperative with the media. He's not had any other issues. Correct. This is the type of stuff that makes good guys into bad guys. Once a good girl's gone bad, she's what? Gone, gone forever. forever. That's, that's a Jay-Z verse, by yeah. the way. <laughs> that's, that is how I'm looking at it from my perspective of me, Joy Taylor, as a human being. I have the capacity to react in anger physically. I can say that because I've done that before. So I would hope that my reputation would speak for me if I happen to make a mistake like this. Great point. I don't plan on making mistakes like this. I avoid putting hands on people every day. <laughs> Trust me. So this is an avoidable situation. But I would hope that my reputation would perceive me. I would hope if I apologize, people would give me grace. And to me, sometimes in these situations where people don't get grace in some capacity, then it's like, what's the, what's the purpose of me going the extra mile for people. What's the purpose of me being a nice guy if I don't feel like being a nice guy today? Actually, I won't be a nice guy. Believe it or not, I used to be a very sweet girl. Not. I think Joyce. A long time ago. Decades ago. All I'm saying is he was wrong. He shouldn't have done it. But the idea that he is now being charged with assault to me is very extreme. I... Let's, well, let's call everything what it is. Um, I don't know the guy that charged him. Uh, I would go out and to say it's a money grab. I would. Call it what it is. I'd go out and say it's a money grab. I agree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to come out and say yeah. it. I don't know if anybody else wants to say it. I'm going to say it. I think the guy's after some money. I'm also going to say completely unacceptable what Devontae Adams did. I agree. No place for it. And if I was a guy and I'm probably making 
$100,000 or under, and Devontae Adams is making $141 million, I'm going to try to grab me some money, too. So I will also say that. I also got to say, I don't think sorry is enough. I don't think a sorry can compensate for the, more than anything, embarrassment that the guy went through. Like, okay, cool, you push me on the ground, you say sorry, it's all, no, it's all good, it's all good. No, no, no. Your intent to push me was disrespectful beyond what your sorry can atone for. So I don't think that the sorry really atones for the push. Where I'm at with it all is, Devontae, if he wanted to avoid it, he could have avoided it. Where I'm at with good guys, bad guys, all these things, unfortunately in society, like, you are what you do. If I'm like, hey, shady man, I'm a great dude, I'm a great dude, I'm a great dude, but I lied to you, you'd be like, you know what, Acho, you're a liar. Hey, I'm showing up oh, on oh, time. One time. No, 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 no. Okay. But eventually, like, if it scarred you enough, you would change how you perceive me if it scarred you enough. You're shaking your head. Because, like, like she talked about, like, trying to be a good person, but then if, if you fall short and you make a mistake, we talked about he's a three-time. Stand-up guy. Stand-up yep. guy. One time he pushed a guy. He made a mistake. He was but, frustrated. Yeah, that's my point. Is like, he a bad guy Can now? your character not speak for you? Oh, my God. That, that an apology is not enough? If this is something he's habitually doing, if he's constantly getting in trouble, if his reputation, he's, he's rude with the media or he's, he's getting in trouble off the field, okay. But by all accounts, that's not the situation. So that's why I'm saying an apology should be enough. No. Because if you make a one mistake, how, many, okay. how far like am I perfect. supposed to take? I guess it comes down to this. An apology should be good enough for us for sitting at the desk, sure. But if somebody pushes me outside of Gelson's, a grocery store, and sends me to the ground, and they say sorry, that's not enough. That's Especially, not the situation. Okay, let's talk about the situation. If I am at work doing my job and I'm crossing the tunnel and I don't see him and he sees me and pushes me and I go to the ground while I'm holding my equipment, him saying sorry is not enough. The guy did not do anything to cause this. Correct. The guy is not wrong for, for whatever he's doing in reaction to this. I'm speaking about me myself. And I can also speak to being a broke person and not suing someone that I should have sued for a lot of money and might not be sitting oh. here with y'all. So I can say I don't react that way. Okay, I don't need to take some know. money because I've been wrong. There's other ways to handle it. Now, you know, you ask me now if I should have done it, maybe I should have done it. But <laughs> I did it, and I feel okay with the decision not to right. do it. You're doing good. Okay? Yeah, right. So, so that doesn't make you wrong or right for not suing people. There are situations where you should mm -hmm. sue people. That, that, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying here is him extending his arms, which is what he did. He Baby didn't push. go look for this guy. I want to push someone. You're the one. He right. walked right across his face. Oh. He pushed him out of the way. He shouldn't have put his hands on him. Now he's being charged with assault. I don't feel comfortable with Devontae Adams being charged with assault. That's, that's what I feel. I, he was wrong for what he did, 100%. I do not feel he should be charged with assault. I, I, feel, I don't feel that's right. It's a hard thing to articulate, like, on TV, I guess. But, like, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I just think in a situation like this, and, like, for right or for wrong, like, especially with the amount of money involved, this is where it What's goes. This is, like, there does have to be some sort of recourse. I would absolutely prefer that Devontae Adams not be charged with assault. I don't really think it's necessary. But at the same time, like, Again, like I've, I've said that before about we're going to talk about Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Like, you are no longer in control once you do something like that. You're no longer in control of where it goes. Well, I also say, think those are two completely No, 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 they are. They are. I, well, I didn't mean to. Have you been in jail? Them. No, I have not. Okay. Have you, have you been inside of jail? Like, just period? Yes. Yeah. But, like, not, like, on the I'm other side of the Why do you keep asking door. this yeah. question? I'm curious. Don't sit him there. Because he wants to sit him there. He's, I'm not. <laughs> he wants to sit him there. <laughs> no, like, no, that's, Dave, that's not Dave cool. That's Dave, not a cool, Dave like. Doesn't, Dave doesn't want to send him to jail. That is not what but, I want. But that is 
the idea that he could potentially do it, even if he absolutely won't, like, which we know he won't. But I, the, the idea that he would go to jail for this, I, I don't, does not no, feel. No, I, that I does not, like, that doesn't sit right with me either. But again, I just view this. I you assume, play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I assume That's what some, it comes down to. Somebody, so it doesn't matter how much your character, like, this is what I'm saying. How much does your character count for anything? Because if, if me, I'm not a really, like, sunshiny person. I, I'm usually in a bad mood. That's where I operate at. And then if you do something that brings me in a good mood, great. But I operate at this base level, right? Yes. So, okay, so if it's incentivized to me to be sunshiny, to come in with a sunshine on my face every day and make everybody else feel better, and then this is how I get treated when my character comes into question immediately, what's the incentive? Yeah. I might as well just be me. The incentive is just yeah. don't push somebody, but we'll talk more about it because we got to go. Coming up, <laughs> Cowboys, Eagles. NFC East rivals, this is going to be a great game this weekend, and so much is at stake. Eagles currently have the best record in football. Cowboys aren't far behind. What's at stake for these two magnetic franchises? Next on Speed. We bad guys, J.D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But let's get back to the NFL. We are all fired up to watch this Cowboys-Eagles divisional rival matchup. Now, Dallas has won four straight. Their defense hasn't given up more than 20 points. But on the flip side, the Eagles, Shady's Eagles, 5-0. Oh. Second-ranked offense in the league. Jalen Hurts, do your dance, do your dance, do your dance. Uh, so the real question for me is, What's at stake for the two teams? First, I'm thinking about the Eagles, Shady, and I'm going to come to you momentarily. Okay. But when I think about the Philadelphia Eagles, if you don't win this game, when will you beat the Cowboys? Jalen Hurts 0-2 versus the Dallas Cowboys. Jalen Hurts has not looked good against the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott, most important position in football, the quarterback's not going to be there. Da Dallas Cowboys without Tyron Smith, future Hall of Fame left tackle. If you can't beat the Cowboys without Dak, without Tyron, then when in God's name can you beat him? It's Sunday night. <clears throat> it's in the link. Boy's going to be ready. Yes, Push-ups are going to be done in the locker room beforehand. Vaseline going to be on the bicep, so they're going to be looking swole. It's prime time. The fresh cuts will be had on South Street. I already know. If you can't <laughs> beat him without Dak, when can you? So when I think about what's at stake for the Eagles, confidence, resume, competence, everything. What's the stake for you? <laughs> well, you know what's funny, though? You describe what you do before the show. <laughs> he does all that before the show. <laughs> anyway, but like you said it, on South Street, it's going to be popping, and I will be there. I will be at the link Sunday night. Woo! What's at stake right now is respect of NFC East. I don't care what happened between Jalen Hurts and, and Dak Prescott about in, in the past. Okay. It's a whole new Jalen Hurts. It is. And it's a whole new Eagles. Yes, sir. And we're 5-0 and no at, the, at the crib Sunday night. I told you Rocky Balboa was real. Mm -hmm. Rocky Balboa and, and Rocky three, he fought Mr. T. Mm. Mr. T was all that disrespect with the big chains like the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. All this great defense. Mr. T got knocked out by Rocky Balboa. That's going to happen Sunday night. When I look at this matchup, it's all about the respect. Everything, everything that they do well up front on the D-line, we do well at our offensive line. We block, right? We take pride in that. We run the ball. It's going to be a bully, a bully fest. 
We're going to bully them boys from the Cowboys. Bullies on Broad Street? And if I was a betting man, which I can't talk about betting, but if I did, I would bet on the Eagles. You can talk about betting. Yeah, you can. Okay, well, I'm betting on the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> All the chips out, baby. Let's go. Joy, what's the state for the Eagles? <laughs> you talk about betting? <laughs> I, I agree. I think it is reputation. I think it's confidence. I think it's competence. I love the Eagles. I, I was early to the Eagles bandwagon. I will be late to the Cowboys bandwagon. And... I do feel like there's more at stake for the Eagles in this game than there is for the Cowboys. There's really not a whole lot the Cowboys can do that's going to change my opinion about the Cowboys this year. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen them do this before. It would be a big win for them to go in there with Cooper Rush and beat the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles in their house, for sure. But it wouldn't really change too much about how I feel. It might put a lot more pressure on Dak Prescott when he comes back. But as far as what I think about the Cowboys, not going to change a whole lot even if it would be a big win. But the Philadelphia Eagles have people questioning the legitimacy of their record. Mm. Now, I'm not, but people are. Mm -hmm. So getting a win over the Cowboys that everybody is talking about, even though they have a loss and Philadelphia doesn't, to me is a big statement. It win. is. It and is. they tend to lose to the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is something that I think <laughs> is really important. You're at home. <laughs> it's in Recently. your house. Recently. Oh, it's prime joke. time. This is a game you should win and should make a statement in. Dave, I'm going to come to you on the Cowboys for it real quick. But first, talk about the Eagles. You've seen that matchup 20-plus times. Cowboys-Eagles, you've been at every one for the last 10 years. What's at stake for the Eagles? So that's the funny thing is I think everything is at stake for the Eagles. I mean, like, y'all covered a lot of it. But then just, like, mathematically, like, when you think about where the season's going, the playoffs, I'm going to steal this straight from Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders. Don't ask me to make sense of the math, but I trust it. Football Outsiders is good at their job. If Philly wins this game, they got an 87% chance of winning the division and a 73% chance of being the one seed in the uh, NFC playoffs. Like you get the tie, you get a tie-breaking, a potential tie-breaking win over Dallas. And we've talked about the Eagles' schedule. It's Green Bay in a few weeks, and then the Cowboys again at Christmas, and then a whole bunch of games that they should be able to win. Yep. This is the closest thing to a roadblock between them and, and potentially the number one seed in the NFC. Yep. If they lose this game, let's say if Dallas manages to win, it's still like they still only jump up to, what, a 45% chance to win the division? So, like, it, it's all there for the Eagles. Again, the reputation, legitimizing the record, all that stuff is true. But just talking about the end goal, which is having home field advantage in the playoffs, they can make a lot of hay on that. Hey, stay right there. I'm coming right back to you. Let's get that cow for that Eagles schedule again. Because what's the stake for the Cowboys? You all better knock off the Eagles before this avalanche continues to roll. That's right. That's right. Eagles 5-0 right now. They don't play a challenging opponent until week 11 when they play the Packers. The Eagles can go into that Packers game week 12 when they play the Packers. They can go into that Packers game 11 and Oh, Look at that and then who in the world do they play again after that? That That's looks right. like an ACC team schedule. Hey, we don't, right we don't make the schedule. We don't make the schedule. Not at all. I, I didn't Not say you did. It still doesn't look very Not hard. <laughs> but that's my point is if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you need to stop the Eagles before they get rolling. Because if they get to 10-0, and 11-0, and confidence is through the roof, yes. ain't no stopping that's them now. That's a great point. Let me come to you. What's the stake for the Cowboys? Is that much at stake? I, I mean, like, theoretically – it, it's, it's true of the Cowboys, what I just said as well. Like, you win this game, you improve your standing in the division tremendously because this is the hardest division game you will play. A road game at Philly, yeah. to do it without Dak Prescott, first of all, it says something. I mean, 
it's nice that the Cowboys are 4-1, but to win this game without Dak, and that's what it looks like, he's, you know, they, they Mike McCarthy said this morning that Cooper Rush, they're expecting him to start. So to do it without Dak, you improve to 3-0 and in the division, so you're halfway through your division schedule without a loss. You got to start talking. Like, we're, we're sort of whispering about, like, well, maybe the Cowboys, maybe they have a high ceiling. If they can win, they can win this game without Dak. They got a crazy high ceiling. So, Slottis. I don't, I, no, it's true. And that's why I Slottis. don't think, I don't think that much is at stake because, like, who's going to kill the Cowboys for losing this game? Really? Nobody. Exactly. So, I am. They're playing with house money. Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to do the, that regardless. The pressure's on the Eagles in this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, I just want to thank the football gods for making Philadelphia relevant this year. The Cowboys, good. Nice. The Giants, San Francisco. It's, it's, like, nice when those brands are playing well. That's it just true, makes our true. life easier. That's so this is a little thank you, you know. The football gods say yeah, you. Yeah, a little orange thank by the guys. altar. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the Warriors beat the Blazers in preseason action last night, but all attention right now is on Draymond Green. Remember, he came across Jordan Poole's face in practice, suspended, bomb, punched him in the jaw, right hook like Tyson. Oh, my God. Now, they say that Draymond Green will not be suspended. He has been fined internally. Steve Kerr has some thoughts. Take a listen. Uh, this is the biggest crisis that we've ever had um, since I've been coach here. It's really serious stuff. Um, we're not perfect. You know, our team isn't perfect. Bob and I have definitely made our share of mistakes over the years, um, but we're going to lean on the experience that we have together you know, over the last nine years um, and trust that this is the best decision for our team. Very well said. Shady, Steve Kerr might be like my favorite coach in I all love sports. Steve Kerr. All yeah. things considered, he might be my favorite coach in all the sports. It's not going to end well. This will not end well for the Warriors in my mind for several reasons. Steve Kerr might move on. Bob Myers might move on. Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kaminga, they all might move on. Wiggins, etc. I don't think Jordan Poole will move on. And to me, that's what really matters. Physically, I think he'll move on, obviously. He'll be there opening night, ring ceremony. He'll be there October, end of October, when they play that week one game. Yeah, he'll physically be there. But mentally, if I'm Jordan Poole, I'm done. Once you break somebody's trust and attempt to break their face, ain't really no coming back from that. I think of it relationally. Once somebody steps out on you, if you will, yeah, you might stay in a relationship, but mentally... You might be checked out. You might be counting the days until you can retaliate. You're not going to retaliate the next day, but eventually something's going to come out from inside of you if you feel like you were violated that much. Jordan Poole, in my mind, violated publicly by his own teammate. That's my instant reaction to it. What are your thoughts on the situation, how it's been handled? I think, Take the floor. I think they handled it well, right? And I love what Steve Kerr said. He's one of my favorites. First of all, he's the guy that's been punched in the face one of the greatest. And he talked about that. And he said, you know what? That brought us closer. All right? That brought us closer. It was an issue that he was so mad about that they worked there as teammates. It's the same thing with Draymond Green. First of all, Draymond Green protects that team, right? Steph Curry's a nice guy. He's one of the best. But, you know, they kind of push up on Steph. And here go Draymond Green. Protect them. It's, going to, it's the same thing with Jordan Poole. This brings the team together. They handle it in-house. Hey, look, brother. Look, bro. I made a mistake. Dave, I don't want to punch you in your face, but you like the cow with the Eagles, it may happen. And, and if it happens, I'm sorry, but we can work past that. It's all about protecting your brother. Yeah. When they, this next season, I don't know, 20 games, that might be 18 and 2, right? Vibing together, winning games. 
They might become closer. We never know. I hope they do. That's an answer that we won't know. And I think Bob Myers, I think Steve Kerr did a great job of handling it. Joy, just take the floor. Answer whatever question you want to about your reaction and response. Yeah, I mean, if I was Jordan Poole, I wouldn't get over it. But people are better than me. So there's, that's just, I'm just assume Jordan Poole is better than me. I don't get over stuff. I hold grudges. They're like plants. I just give them a little water every day. And then they, they thrive. This is a situation that we knew happened. Yeah. They were already handling this internally. This wasn't something that was, like, exposed. We knew there was an incident. We just didn't see the incident. So the video obviously changes things for all of us, mm -hmm. but it didn't, doesn't really change anything internally. Now, there was, there was reports that some players hadn't seen it, so maybe they were like, oh, that's worse than I thought. But at the end of the day, there were witnesses. It right. wasn't like this was done in the secret and it was being covered up. They came out and said there was an incident, we're dealing with it internally, it involved Draymond and Jordan Poole, and then we saw the video. Mm -hmm. So these are grown men. These are champions. This is one of the Champion. best-run right. organizations in sports. Steve Kerr's been punched in the face by Michael Jordan. Like, there's, I don't know if this could happen to a team that's more prepared to handle this situation. But to Shady's point, we're kind of just writing off Draymond because they haven't handled his contract situation as if he is invaluable to this team. Right. For all of the incidents that Draymond has, they don't win any of those rings without him. There are two sides to the floor, and, oh. and you need a guy like Draymond Green who's going to do the dirty work that you don't want your star players doing. So when you have a guy like Draymond Green, which you're perfectly comfortable with taking advantage of that particular personality trait that you got to have to be that, there is some liability on the other yeah. side of it. And he has shown that already. Let, let, me, right back. let me come to you real quick, Joy. Dave, uh, I'm going to get you in here in a second. But, Joy, you had me thinking. Answer me this, because this is a question I don't think enough people are asking. But based on what you said, I'm very curious in your take. There's a different level of pain, hurt, or frustration in my mind when there is a private aggression or action versus when that private aggression becomes public. If you cheat on a test or whatever... Mm -hmm. And then, like, your friends know, the teacher knows, but when they call mom and pops, that hits different. If you get cheated on or whatever and your spouse knows all the things knows, I'm but when the whole world finds out <laughs> that your spouse stepped out on you, now you got to deal with all of that. Like, that's different. The private punching of Jordan Poole is one thing. Is there a difference in your mind for Jordan Poole once the whole world saw I got cold clock? Sure, of course. Yeah. Of course. But I'm not, like, I'm not the right person to answer that question because I wouldn't get over it. But a lot of people do have the capacity to get over these certain things. What I'll say what's unique about this particular situation and why I like how Golden State is handling it is, like I said, they had already put out a statement. They knew what happened, and they had already decided this is how we're handling it. And they're not allowing public opinion to influence the decisions that they are making internally. Now, if that ends up being a problem for Jordan Poole, I'm sure we'll find out because he will put his foot down and say, I'm not going to deal with this. I don't believe that's going to happen. I think this whole team will be together for the rest of this year. Now, what happens after that is a different story. Yeah. But I think everyone's going to play together. They're champions, and they've already decided how they're going to handle this. Outside influence can be very important to, to hold people accountable, oh. to change situations, to expose situations. And sometimes outside influence can just be pushing to make a situation that was already solved worse or throw extra stuff on that people don't really feel like, well, maybe Jordan Poole should feel this or I wouldn't do that. You shouldn't mm -hmm. do that. This is how they should handle it. They've said this is how we're handling it. We appreciate y'all's opinion. We we hear you. We respect your opinion. But respectfully, we got this and we're going to do what we were going to do. Dave, take us home. I can't speak for any of y'all, but I feel like I feel confident that I can, though, because I know I've had teammates that I didn't like. In sports and in life, it, it happens. Like, you're not going to get along great with everyone that you work with. So part of being a professional is getting past that. So, like, 
Life gets way harder than like not me? liking. Yeah, I do like you, Shady. You, Actually, I'm not you, even talking about you. Do you love me? We're working on it. It's, it's <laughs> early. It's early. You know. Uh, so first of all, like that's that's part of it. Life gets way harder than not liking everybody that you work with. Yes. And on top of that, if there is an organization that's going to deal with this, like the the Warriors at this point are on a Spurs like level yeah. of just like right. whatever y'all say. I think that that's the right move. And and it helps to be able to say, hey, Jordan, even if you don't like Draymond, Grin and Barrett for nine months, we'll be champions again, and we can figure it out from there. And and why wouldn't you trust that? That's what they do. I really just, I don't, I can't work myself up into thinking that this is an issue. Well, speaking of champions, you got three quarterbacks that are giving you top-tier championship caliber performances. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson. But they all have one pivotal blemish in their game that's giving me concern. We'll talk about it in return. Now, welcome back, y'all. We are just a day away from week six in the NFL, so it got me thinking. There are three quarterbacks playing at a phenomenally high level. Jalen Hurts, he's top three in the MVP race thus far. Josh Allen, he's number one in the MVP race thus far. And Lamar Jackson, he has been beasting, particularly in the first half. But there are small blemishes in their game that might give you cause for pause. For Jalen Hurts, it did with me. Only four passing touchdowns thus far this season. Only four. I think about it like this. When push comes to shove, I would always rather fly than drive. Flying being throwing the ball through the air, driving being rushing the ball. I'm not sure how far the Eagles can go. And for me, it's Super Bowl or not as well as they've been playing. I'm not sure how far the Eagles can go unless Jalen Hurts starts utilizing A.J. Brown, $100 million receiver, Devontae Smith, Heisman winning receiver. So I'm worried about the fact that he only has four touchdown passes tied with Cooper Rush. Are you worried about Jalen Hurts or not only having four touchdown passes? Who, me? Me. Two, five. I'm not worried at all. Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts? No, not at all. They both had big games before. One had a big game, the other one had a big game. So it's a matter of just putting it together. It takes a little bit of time, but we'll be, we'll be okay. We're doing good with 5 and 0. We'll be good. Or Taylor. Well, if you fly there or you drive there, you're still going to get there. It's just going to take you longer because you're driving. Mm -hmm. But do you still get there? You still arrive in the scenario? Because they still arrive. They are undefeated. And he does have six rushing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he's just throwing and he isn't also running. He's a dual-threat quarterback. We can't just erase those touchdowns that he scored, that he ran for. Those are essential. That's a part of his game. I would like to see him have more passing touchdowns, but – He's seventh in the NFL in passing yards per game. He's tied for fifth in 10 total touchdowns. And he has two interceptions, which is tied for second fewest amongst uh, quarterbacks with five starts. So he's right there with the rest of the guys. He's in the mix. It's not like he is so far and there's this huge disparity between what he's throwing and what he's running. Do the rushing touchdowns count? Do they they count? do count. They do, they do count. That's what I was going to say. That, you realize two of his touchdowns on Sunday against the Cardinals were sneaks. They, they, he got him to the goal line. I don't care who gets credit right. for it after that. They're sixth in scoring offense. I'm worried about the Eagles' red zone offense. That's a legitimate concern. They're only 57% over the last three games. But, no, I'm not worried about <sighs> how Jalen Hurts is scoring touchdowns. Okay, if we have stats, and since we've all brought up a plethora of stats, let me bring you to the one that concerns me the most. Do we have the ratio of it all? Shady, this is truly why I'm most concerned about Hurts. Oh, Eagles, go. it's all about Super Bowls. To me, it's about winning the Super Bowl. You want to talk about the quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl with the least amount of rushing passing guard ratio. So, Russell Wilson. For every six passing yards, one rushing yard. Aaron Rodgers, for every 11 passing yards, one rushing yard. But then I look at Jalen Hurts. For every five passing yards, one rushing yard. The smallest ratio we've seen is Russ. 
and Rodgers, and they're at 6 and 11. The real reason I'm concerned is just because we've never seen it before. If I'm more concerned about stopping you as a quarterback with your legs than your arms, then I'm just not as concerned as a defender. In light of that, talk to me. Listen, it's all about this, this making plays, right? If it's with your legs or your arm, it doesn't matter. As long as you're making plays, touchdowns count for touchdown passes, and touchdowns count for rushing touchdowns. That's all I care about. All these stats and all that, because we haven't seen it. What does that mean? Because we've never seen it. What does that mean? We ain't seen it. it, This might not be done. Because it can be done. It can be done. Well, speaking of things that are getting done, how about Lamar Jackson? He currently leads the Ravens in passing and rushing. Now, the reason I am worried is because Lamar Jackson has ended his last two seasons hurt. Remember two years ago, Buffalo Bills playoff game, concussion. Couldn't make it through the end of that game. Remember last year, middle of the season, he's hurt, doesn't play the rest of the season. As a result, the Ravens fall from a top AFC team all the way out of the AFC playoff race. I'm worried about Lamar Jackson, specifically Lamar Jackson, leading his team in both rushing and passing, just because I don't know if Lamar Jackson is built to take all of those hits. You worried about Lamar now? Oh, I'm not worried at all. First of all, this guy put on 15 pounds in the offseason. He looks like he don't look as skinny as he did the years before. He looks good. He's running the ball. He's throwing the ball. I, I can never doubt an MVP. And Lamar Jackson, he bet on himself, and it's looking good so far, so I like it. No worries at all. I'm not worried about Lamar particularly as far as the injuries go, but I'm worried about Lamar in that it, it shouldn't have to all be on Lamar. You want to have a balanced offense. I love that he's able to run all the reasons we just mentioned with Jalen Hurts. That's a part of his game. He should utilize that. But you should be able to run the ball as well, and particularly when you think of the Ravens, you think of them as being able to run the ball. That's right. They're really not. They're, they're, they're struggling. J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill, 48th and 54th in rushing. Lamar Jackson is 12th and first among quarterbacks. That's not a good balance, and you don't want everything to be on Lamar. That's not a recipe for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm not worried about him getting hurt, though. I'm worried that the Ravens should be better at running the ball when when it's not Lamar. Like, their primary running backs are struggling to average four yards a carry, and this is the team that, you know, they got the big tight ends, and they use a fullback more than most teams do, and they still aren't running the ball very well. That's, me, that's what worries But me. let me ask you all, how are neither of you all worried about Lamar Jackson getting hurt if the last two seasons he's ended hurt? Number because one, he's, he's, he's put on weight, like Shady it's said. And I, I, and I know that he's gotten hurt, but at the end of the day, He's been a running quarterback his entire life. He typically knows how to avoid contact. I just I trust him to do stuff like that. I hear you. I hear you. Well, another guy is in the same exact predicament. That's quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. He leads this team in rushing, 225 yards. Obviously leads this team in passing, leads the NFL in passing when you talk about touchdowns and total touchdowns. Now, for me, Shady, it's different. You talk about Lamar Jackson putting on 15 pounds. Josh Allen didn't need to put on 15 pounds. You played with him. 6'4", 245. He's built like a linebacker. He can take those hits. I'm not worried about Josh Allen leading his team in both because he's built physically for that. Are you worried about Josh Allen? I'm not worried. How's that song go? Uh, ain't worried about nothing. <laughs> I ain't worried about no Josh Allen. First of all, now, now listen, he don't punch people, but he bully people. Yep. Josh, 6'4", about 245. I played the dude. He's a beast. He takes care of his body, and he's physical, so I'm not worried about that. And although I, I think there's been whispers about trade rumors. Now, we hear about rumors? trade rumors. What do you mean? With, 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 with running backs. They oh, talk, got it. Yeah, Buffalo Bills running backs. CMC, they're like, talking about trading Josh Allen. CMC, they're talking about trading for him. So I, I guess the whispers mean somewhere. They kind of want to get the running game going with, with some of the running backs and stuff. It's Josh Allen. So they'll probably fix that. I'm worried for the same reason that I'm worried about Lamar, and I don't want my – 
quarterback to have to be physical. It's nice that he is. It's he is, nice that he, he can get, you know, he's hard to take down, but you don't want to have to put him in that situation. You want to have a balanced offense. If you don't have a run game, you're relying on Josh Allen's legs, which is nice. He's able to do that, although we don't really consider him a running yeah. quarterback. Ah. He's definitely mobile. But if you take that element of the game away, now, you, now you're one-dimensional. How are you going to win against teams that are more physical? And if you're on the road or if it's a bad weather game, like you want to be able to have a balanced offense if you're a championship team. So I'm worried for the same reasons that I'm worried about Lamar. I'm worried, and I'm going to contradict myself. Like I trust Lamar to slide and minimize contact. Josh Allen refuses to do that. Like he won't slide, first of all, unless like very, like when he slides, I'm like, oh my god, he does know how to do it. And then on top of that, my man looks like a giraffe when he's running with the ball. Like he's all legs and limbs. Every time he gets hit, he's going ass over tea kettle. He's getting bent in half. Just all kind of like. But he's the hammer, oh, not oh, the nail. Oh, I'm oh, just oh, saying, oh. like every single time but you don't he goes want your down. Quarterback to do no, that. Just because they can, that's nice. I don't, but, but I, thought, I thought Dak was indestructible until he got a very gnarly injury running the ball. And I'm not saying I really don't want it to happen to Josh. I'm not saying it will. But every time he does that, I'm just like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, please. They look different hurt. running up. Dak and I'm Josh just saying, Allen, you look like invincible in until a, something in happens. Right, Kitty. but, like, it's good. It's good that he can. But this, you're rat. the quarterback. You don't want to do that. Coming <laughs> like, up, we got to talk about the Cowboys-Eagles rivalry. It's must-see this weekend. And a future Hall of Famer on one of those teams has some interesting words you are going to want to hear. That's next. Speak. Don't go anywhere. Yo, Dak, he's running like a little baby. Yo, you all have to see this. Future Hall of Famer Jason Peters, current Cowboys offensive lineman on the Cowboys-Eagles rivalry. He said, I just know Philly fans are effing idiots when it comes to the camaraderie and the Cowboys. Any team, really, they know that. They pride themselves on being nasty. Philly fans are the wildest fans out there. It's a huge game. Shady, that's your teammate. That's your brother. Yeah, How you feel? I, I love him, but I, I don't like that. You go, over for, you go over there with Dallas for, what, a couple days, a couple weeks? Maybe a month or two. Like, you act like you're a cowboy guy. You're an eagle guy. Don't ever turn your back on the fans. We nasty, we ugly, but we support the eagles. I can't believe you did that, JP. I'm disappointed. They paying him right now, though. That was a compliment they anyway. They ain't paying him. Like the eagles paid him. He said that the eagles are the wildest fans out like there. That, he man. was being nice. Look. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. No, I'm not going to be. That was not so, so, 